everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we've made it to the end of our journey in the sands, our journey in the desert. That has taken us from The Mummy to The Mummy Returns to The Scorpion King, and now to The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I have not, or had not seen this movie since, it wasn't when it came out, I'm pretty sure I watched it on DVD, uh, maybe it was a year or so afterwards, I didn't go see it in theaters, Uh, and I I was turned off by this film initially because uh, Rachel Weisz was not in it, so I didn't go see it, all this stuff, but when I eventually went and watched it, it was exactly what I thought it was, and uh, waiting all of this time, like I said, it, it has to have been 10 years since I've seen this movie. Uh, I was looking forward to it. Like I said, I picked up the uh, 4K collection of the Mummy movies on an Amazon Black Friday deal and was very excited to check this one out because it just, I really wanted to see if maybe it was because I was young, maybe it was because of, you know, who knows what, but I am saddened to say that my views on this film have not changed. In fact, according to my IMDb rating, they have actually gotten worse. And we're going to dive into that. Uh, Now, I will preface by saying I'm not a huge fan of talking negatively about movies. Uh, If there's a bad movie, I will tell you that it's a bad movie, and I'll tell you why it's a bad movie. But uh, I'm telling it to you based off of my own personal views. Uh, I would still recommend checking this film out if you've been on this journey. You've you almost have to at this point. Like you've made it this far, check it out and tell me if I'm wrong. I will say Meta Score right now is it's sitting at a red 31, and it is rated at a 5.2 for 152,000 reviews or stars, and that is where I have it, actually, is out of five. I bumped it down from the generous six that I gave it earlier. Now, for those of you that have not listened, and I don't even think I've made a podcast yet about a movie this low on the scale, uh, I, so I've only really ever talked about the top of my scale, right? We've got, you know, a 10 is a masterpiece, nearly impossible to get. A 9 is is really where you want to be as a movie, uh, incredible is typically what I think of when I think of a nine. An eight is great. The more the rhyme is easy. Seven is a good movie. That's the kind of movie that uh, you know I may not go find myself watching again, but if I ever do, I'm always happy to watch it. Or I may seek it out. A six is all right. That's a movie that's like, hey, you know what? It's not bad, but it's not good either. It's just all right. It's a fine movie. Perfectly, even fine, maybe pushing it. But a five, five and below, that's where things start getting dicey. To me, a five is bad. That is it. Or I guess you could even say a five is a not good movie. Uh, four being bad, three being terrible, two being a nightmare, and one being holy crap. Uh, and I honestly, I don't give a lot of ratings in that lower end of the scale. Five is the kind of movie where I can watch it from beginning to end. I'm okay watching it from beginning to end, but I don't like it. And I think, you know, it it just sums it up perfectly where, again, you've seen the movie, and by the end of the movie, you just go, I didn't like that movie. But you still went and watched it, right? Like, you still saw it. You gave it the time of day. A four or three, heck, that might be a movie that I turn off halfway through. So at least The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor uh, got that far. But like I said... I don't want to spend too much time bashing this movie, so this may actually end up being a shorter episode, which is fine. We always love our short ones in between our long ones. Uh, So for context, 
a lot has changed. The last movie that came out was The Mummy Returns, which, again, congratulations, turned 20 years old this year, which means it came out in 2001. So this movie came out seven years after The Mummy Returns, but the movie itself takes place uh, 20-ish years later from The Mummy Returns, which is fine. I actually kind of liked that. And it is directed by a different person, written by different people, stars mostly different people. So directed by Rob Cohen. Uh, and it's funny too, you know, I, I think, here's what, I'll, here's what I would say. In, in terms of, you say, Alex, uh, gun to your head, what's your review of this movie in, in a few sentences? Well, here, here's my review. For all these movies, this is the preamble. This isn't the review. For all of these movies, I try to watch. I watch all the special features on them now. I got to get the behind the scenes. I really want to dive into how the movie's being made. This one was no different. So before even recording this, I, I sat down, put the Blu-ray in my Xbox. Now I have an Xbox Series X. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to brag, but this is the top of the line. This is the the creme de la creme of gaming consoles. This thing watches 4K. It is infinitely better than my prior Xbox, and I have had zero issues with it, and I've had it now for uh, two months. It's been fantastic. Uh, I put this special features, I put the Blu-ray in, and I watched it last night, no problem. Here's my review. I put the special features on for this movie, and there's actually a making of The Mummy tomb of the dragon emperor on here and i thought awesome this is great it's 20 minutes long i love those kinds of special features watching this thing 10 minutes go by 15 minutes go by and the screen freezes and my xbox shuts off and i'm like wait what just happened so i turned my xbox back on opened the blu-ray up again and i fast forwarded past the bit where it froze like why why first off why is this blu-ray freezing i've never watched this blu-ray before second off why is my xbox shutting off this brand new xbox and so i got to that spot again and it happened again and to me that is my review of this movie is if your xbox your top of the line blu-ray player whatever it is you're watching this on if it shuts the movie off that's that's a sign. I think that's a sign from the Dragon Emperor telling you that you do not need to be watching this movie. Again, I do. I would say check it out. Who knows? You may like it. Uh, I just didn't. But uh, like I said, uh, uh, Rob Cohen directed, Alfred Goh and Miles Millar writ written, starring Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell, one of my faves but an entirely new cast. We've got, actually, false. John Hanna is also in here as Jonathan. But Jet Li plays the Dragon Emperor. Maria Bello plays Evelyn O'Connell, completely different person. And Michelle Yeoh actually plays Ji uh, Wan, who is the witch in this movie. She's like an, an ancient witch that, uh, you know, talked or worked for the emperor in a capacity, I guess you could say. Super happy to see that she was in this movie. Literally, I, I if, if her and Brendan Fraser hadn't been in this movie, and again, no disrespect to John Hanna or Jet Li, I love you guys both, but I'm here, I'm here for Brendan Fraser. And to find out that Michelle is in here too, amazing. If they hadn't been in here, I wouldn't have even watched it. And then their son, Alex O'Connell, played by Luke Ford. And I, I checked. I've not seen him in anything else. 
and then there's a bunch of other people in here. Like I said, there's a ton of other actors. Uh, they're all doing, they're all doing their best is what I'll say at least. And especially from at least the 15 minutes I was able to watch of those behind the scenes, it really gives you an appreciation for the film industry. And at least for this part of the film industry, right? The, uh, the making of movies, the fact that it was an 89 day shoot and it, you know, they, they were on location in some spots. They're having to build some really big sets it's it just, it's cool to see that, to see that there's so many people. I think we, uh, not necessarily take advantage of, but we're a little oblivious when we go see a movie. We want to be entertained. We want to be, you know, balls of the wall action or just an, an amazing drama movie. But when the credits roll, we often get up and leave. And, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that all the time too. And I, I, in a way hats off to Marvel for, uh, getting us to stay in our seats until the end of the credits. Uh, but I just, I find it so fascinating when you're watching these credits because you're seeing just literally hundreds of names of people in the making of this film, not just the actors, but the behind the scenes, the camera crews, the stuntmen, all that. And it's so cool to see that even a movie like this, despite it being bad or not good, and I'm gonna I, I'll, I'm gonna keep calling it bad, and I apologize for that. It isn't a terrible movie. It just is a little. It's annoying, and it's not good. So you know, take that with what you will. But even despite that, I still I'm glad I watched it because of all of these people that put their time and effort into making this film. Working on a set like this for 89 days, not not including post-production, pre-production, all of that, it's just so cool to see, and it, it really is that unsung piece of Hollywood where, I don't know, when I, when I was growing up, I don't remember when it actually was, and it had to have been after 9-11, but there was uh, some Hollywood people, I guess, were coming out and they were anti-George Bush or something like that, I don't remember, I was young. But my parents at the time, or my parents are very conservative, and uh, I, I just remember them, you know, I don't remember what it was, but there was a newspaper, and, and I don't know if it was, I feel like it was Peter Jackson, I don't know who it was, it, it, definitely Michael Moore, someone like that, people were bad-mouthing the government, and, uh, you know, back then, again, I'm just a young tyke, I don't know what to think, and my parents said, alright, well, we're done going to the movies, and I was like, wait, what? And I don't remember exactly what happened one way or the other in terms of when we ever came back. Because eventually we did. We, You know, I, I love going and I always go now. My parents love going to the movies now. But there was just this stint where we didn't go to the movies because I think they were protesting Hollywood. And it's just so funny to me that, you know, an opinion can be developed that way from something one person says. And it's typically an actor or a director who says it. But to... To say, okay, I'm no longer going to go see this movie is such a disservice to the hundreds and hundreds of people who have put their man, man and woman hours into creating this work of art. And it literally is. Despite any movie even being terrible, it is still a work of art. It's And, and all, work, all art is subjective, so that's why some movies are really crappy and other movies are really amazing. But at the end of the day, they're all created in that same vein of hundreds of different people who all come from different areas of wherever. I mean, imagine all these different people who are growing up saying, hey, I want to go into the movies. I want to go be producer. I want to go be a, uh, you know, a best boy. I want to go be a grip. I want to be a costume designer, a production designer. I want to work on the soundtrack or, or composing. All of these people, their lives and their stories are all coming together at this particular moment in history to create something. 
And again, sometimes that thing that they create is not that great. Sometimes it's amazing. But at the end of the day, it's still special. It's still a piece of art. And so I can respect that movie in that regard. Now, will I be watching the Mummy uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor again? Uh, Not if I can help it. I don't want to, but if somebody, like I said, if some kid, (laughs) I don't even know if, I'm not even going to make up an example, (laughs) thinking some kid is going to ask me like, hey, you're talking a lot about supporting the the industry, will you watch this movie with me? Yeah, fine, I'd probably throw it on, I'd tell him, well, I hope you're okay with me being on my phone, but, uh, but no, other than that, like I said, it, it, eh, it was okay. So the story itself is, and this is one of the, here's my gripes with the movie. The story is bland. The uh, the action is not it's 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 not properly placed, and I'll explain that. And the the casting in these instances, not a fan of. Uh, and even I, I would say the dialogue as well. <clears throat> so, starting off with the story, it's a very very basic story, and I think and I saw a review on too just talking about how if it wasn't for the action scenes. This story could probably be 45 minutes long. And honestly, I would have loved to see this movie be just a 45-minute short. But, you know, we, we don't get everything that we want. But the, the movie itself is about uh, this dragon emperor, or the emperor of China, from way back when. He's the guy that conquered everybody. Sounds a lot like Memnon. And I'm, I'm watching this movie, and I, I literally was like, whoa, this is exactly like Scorpion King. Uh, all of the other emperors and and kingdoms did not like this guy because he was so ruthless and so powerful just like memnon that they hired assassins to kill him what does that sound like oh how about like the people hiring the akkadians hiring the scorpion king to kill memnon literally the exact same thing and this is all but this is all backstory it's the beginning of the movie and so we're learning a little bit about him. He's ruthless. He's mean. And then he has a very trusted advisor, another general. And they're preparing to... Uh, they're, they're basically winning over and over and over again. And unlike Memnon, conquering is not enough for him. He wants to be all-powerful. So he learns some magic. He learns how to manipulate the elements like fire and water and ice, I believe, metal... And uh, by the end of it, though, you know, they're saying the only thing he isn't able to manipulate is aging, that he's getting older, he's going to die. And so then he says, all right, well, I need to figure out how to not die. And so there's a rumor that kind of gets to his ear that Michelle Yeoh's character, uh, who uh, Xi, she is a witch or a sorceress. Uh, Actually, is it a sorceress? Just like the Scorpion King. And, uh, but she knows the secret. And so she comes to the palace and explains to him, I don't know the secret. I just know where I can find it. It's in a book sort of thing. And so the general, he sends that, his trusted general with her to find this book. And it was, again, this part's really cool. I was, I was interested in this. This is the opening of the, kind of like the opening of Mummy Returns when we're getting the backstory on the Scorpion King. And so they get to this place, this ancient ruin, and there's this giant book of bones. And it's, you know, like the bone reading where the, it's all ancient text and she's speaking it in Sanskrit. And apparently it works. He says, I feel it working. And so then while they're doing this, though, while she's going to get the book, uh, she and she and that general end up falling in love. And it's it's pretty sweet. It's very nice. Um, yeah, hey, anyone who's going to, who, anyone who is with Michelle, count themselves lucky 
and so she's she's like okay thank you now he says because of what you've done for me i will do anything for you what do you want and she says i would like to spend the rest of my days with this general and he says all right yeah easy consider it done general yang and so then he goes out to like the front balcony the terrace and general yang is out there and he's tied up and she he says something like uh what is he? Or, or no, he he says I will let General Yang live if you marry me instead. And I'm thinking like, are you serious right now? Like, how mean can you be? And it's Jet Li. But she's like, she goes, you are never going to keep your promise. And he goes, you're right. And he you know does the order, and the general gets ripped apart, and you don't get to see it. But when that happens, a little bit after that, a little bit of sand starts coming out of his eye. And he's like, what did you do to me? And she says, I cursed you. And I cursed your entire army. And I'm thinking, okay. Uh, first off, I'm thinking, well, of course you did. But also, I was like, that's pretty badass. Because she knew that she knew that he was going to betray her. And so the curse is that they are they turn into terracotta, the terracotta warriors, basically. Uh, and, and are cursed and doomed to be that forever until the uh and guys it's 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 convoluted but at the same time very simple it's like until the uh you know they're awakened again and this eye is taken to shangri-la whatever it is they're gone and then we're in the present day and the present day is 1946 which i thought was interesting it's right after world war ii so we're avoiding the war aspect but i i gotta tell you i'm not even gonna bother going into the story for the rest of this because it's a really basic story. Rick O'Connell is still Rick. Him and his wife Evie have agreed to not go on any adventures anymore, despite the fact that their son is now out of the house. And it was because of the war. I think they mentioned at one point that they decided to settle down. But Evie has now turned into an adventure writer. And I loved this. Uh, it's actually the only bit of of her performance that I actually liked was at the very beginning she's doing a book signing or a book reading and and do you guys know can you guess what the two books are that she's written the mummy and the mummy returns and a a, a fan and this is before you ever see who she is and they're i know they did this on purpose so they're just panning off all you see is the back of her and her hair and i stand corrected i think i even said it in another episode that her hair was blonde in this movie and it's not she if you were really far away and you were squinting, maybe a mile away, she would look like Evie, but uh, close up, <clears throat> not at all. And so she's, you know, about to start reading her book, and one of the fans says, you know, excuse me, I have a question, and she's like, yeah, of course. And she says, is it true that the character in your story, Scarlet O O Gray, or so I, I could have sworn she said Scarlet O'Hara. But I was like, there's no way. That's gone with the wind. But she's like, okay, your character, Scarlett O'Hara, is based on you. And the camera does a a three uh, a 180 turn as it's getting to her face. And she's kind of looking down at her book. So the first moment you see of her face, of her being a new actor, uh, she says, I can tell you that the character in the book and me are, or I can tell you they are two completely different characters. And I was just waiting for a but um as she winks at the camera saying don't you worry me and rachel wise are two completely different characters uh, and i actually i did laugh at that i was like that's actually you know let's get it out of the way acknowledge the elephant in the room but the whole rest of the movie they don't acknowledge the elephant because again i just 
They should have just recast Brendan Fraser. And I hate to say that because I love Brendan Fraser, but you even having John Hanna as her brother, like there's just this universal awkwardness of like, okay, we're in this world where everything's the same except for one little detail. And I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I tried my best and I, I really try to watch movies with an open mind and to sit down and say, okay, and, and, and that was what I, I took it at that scene when she says that I said, all right, fine. Like I will just, I will suck it up. I will watch this movie on its own merits as her, as Evie. Like she's asking me to do that. That's why they did this line. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and I will do that. And it still didn't improve the movie for me. Like just it as a standalone movie is not that good. And the problem is uh, it, it's also in regards to her son. So again, Luke Ford playing Alex O'Connell as he's supposed to be in college, but instead of being in college, he is out on a dig site in, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that it's in China. I don't think they mention where it's at, but he's digging up a Chinese pyramid that is essentially like the Sphinx, except it's for the Dragon Emperor. And while this was going on, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this actually accurate? Because they talk about the Dragon Emperor being the guy who forced everybody to build the Great Wall of China. And so I'm like, is that I, I don't know the history on that. So I was like, that's really interesting. Is all of this true? Kind of like, you know, how this we talked about the Scorpion King is, is based on some bit of truth. And so the whole point of it is they're they're in this dig and doing doing a song and dance on this dig, and they are discovering the Dragon Emperor's tomb. So of course, who else but Alex O'Connell discovers the Terracotta Warriors, the Dragon's Tomb, the Emperor and at the same time, the British Museum is asking uh, Evie and Rick to transport this jewel, this giant diamond jewel, to uh, some safekeeping place. But it just so happens that this jewel is the key to getting into Shangri-La. And of course, this is the key that the Dragon Emperor is looking for. So of course, the sun is the one who resurrects the... Well, no, it, not necessarily... God, I, I mean... Okay, so there's like people that come into the place and are trying to stop them. I guess the, uh, Michelle Ji Wan's daughter, Lin, who is all, played by Isabella Leong, who, and I'll click on real quick, I don't think I recognized her from anything else. Uh, and I'm not, no, it doesn't look like she, she was in anything else that I would know, uh, uh, foreign films. But regardless, she's, she's essentially the new Ardith Bay. She's the new Magi for, for, uh, China, for protecting this tomb from being open sort of thing. And so we find out, and I'm skipping way ahead cause I, it just doesn't matter, but we find out that, uh, Xi and her daughter, Lin, daughter from General Yang. So clearly she, she got pregnant before her, her future husband died. They both live at the fountain of youth and so that's how they've lived this long and if you're going wow okay this is just really confusing don't worry it is it really is even if you're watching it in order so what what happens is one way or another the bad guys who are just you know basic army men type people they do bring back uh the general and his army or they bring back the emperor and his army but the the trick is he's cursed as this terracotta warrior so he like he'll break his his uh, terracotta mask off or head off and he's just this hideous mummy underneath but the the terracotta continues to grow over his head so he's like cursed to be a terracotta warrior sort of thing and his goal now is to use that jewel to get into shangri-la 
and get to that fountain of youth so that he can have immortality like he wanted. And so what we find out, like I said, is that the two ladies have been living in Shangri-La this entire time, living forever, only as guardians, like the Magi, from prote- from preventing Jet Li coming back to life, basically. And and like I said, what a poor job they did, because this kid just kind of goes in there and, and does it. He kind of, you know, opens the tomb, so to speak. And uh, that's it. I mean, that's the story. And obviously, you can guess how it ends, right? They get they get inches away from him being able to get immortality, and they stop him. But uh, there's some bits in the movie that are kind of strange. Uh, she apparently has control over yetis, and so some yetis show up at one point to fight, and there's a giant, giant avalanche. And this avalanche is just careening towards all of them. And the dragon emperor is able to stop this entire avalanche, but then eventually can't stop the avalanche. It's just, it's, it's a lot. I mean, we don't even get, I feel honestly feel a little bad for Jet Li because when you think back on Imhotep and, uh, and this is what I'm going to get to, I will wait a second. Just think about that too, though. You know, Imhotep versus, and this person is just named emperor on here. Uh, but so that's the one piece, like I said, plot we've seen it all before we've actually seen it before in multiple mummy movies and from there though i said the actor actors so like i said the guy who played alex luke ford did not land for me maria bello who i'm sure is fine i've seen her in multiple other things didn't really know it was her but she does a fine job but just not the same as as what rachel weiss would have done so there's those two there's the acting bit out of the way so the action the action was fine. I was actually really impressed with the action, especially for a 2008 movie. It was good. Held up. Uh, the CGI holds up. It did not feel as good as the other Mummy movies, though, and that's kind of what bummed me out. For some reason, it was like it was. It almost felt a little more choreographed, if that's a, one way of putting it. All I know is there's like fights in the snow. And, uh, there's some, it was weird. You, you know, it's not a good thing when the action scene loses your attention where I go, okay, well, okay. You know, I kind of lose, lose my train of thought on it. Uh, but these action pieces, when the action is over, the story is right back where they left off. So these, the, the problem with it, and this is something that, you know, as, as I'm watching it is, uh, you know, Marvel, does such a good job with this and i i know there's some other there's obviously other people who do as well but that's something for me especially for me as a writer um action needs to forward the story you can't just have action obviously you can clearly this movie did but if you want it to be really good you got to have that action move the for the story forward so instead of just having a fight for the sake of fighting, maybe have that fight and, and have there be some stakes just within that one fight. Or maybe within that fight, you're getting character development about why the emperor is the way that he is. Why does he want all of this? And, and we you clearly know why, right? He's a one-dimensional villain. And he wants power, right? That's what, and that's the classic 2008 type movie. But when you compare them to the movies of today, when you've got action sequences that are perfect for developing character like you think of think about the action sequences that were in falcon and the winter soldier it felt like there was one big action sequence per episode you got your falcon fight in the first episode that establishes where falcon is who he is and how much stronger and better he's gotten you got for example in one of the last episodes when it's bucky and falcon fighting john walker 
They're fighting to get the shield back. And we know why. Like these fights have so much depth to them. There's history involved. There's It's earned. Whereas these ones were just like, oop, the bad guys are here. It's time to fight. And then they'd fight. One of the good guys or the bad guys would escape until they fought again. And so that, that was a ding as well. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I said there was one other thing that uh, didn't land for me in this movie. But uh, I don't even remember what it was because, I'm, you know, like I said, this movie is not that good. So with that in mind, like I said, I want to at least wrap this up with talking about uh, the Mummy as a whole, the, the Mummy series as a whole, because I think there's an importance there to be remembered. And, and we'll start with what I was talking about earlier with Imhotep. So you've got this guy whose name is only Emperor. And he and and I'm sure it is. So it says he's the mummy is the, uh, of the first emperor of uh, Quinn, uh, Q-I-N, Kin, a shape shifting entity cursed by a witch centuries ago. And that honestly, that was cool. There's a couple bits where he changes into some monsters and that was pretty cool. But what wh- why is he doing this? It's just because he wants to be immortal. It's because he wants all this power. Great. Why was Imhotep doing what he did in the mummy? In the original Mummy, forget about The Mummy Returns. He was doing it because he was in love. He did it because he loved Anaxuna Moon. You don't get any of that in this movie, so you lose some of that connection with the villain. And we all know this now from so many current movies that a strong and powerful villain is so important to a film. And I'm saying strong in terms of their character. They can be a strong person, that's fine. But uh, So that part's missing. But not only that, you've got, again, you got the actors that are missing. I really missed Rachel Weisz. Honestly, she made a smart call, though, probably saying no to this film. And from there, though, I, it made me, as I was watching it, at multiple times, when I'm seeing this and I'm going, wow, this reminds me of Scorpion King. Wow, this reminds me of The Mummy Returns. It really made me appreciate those other movies. And I think and I hope that's what you guys get from this as well, if you do watch this and feel the same way, is, is which made me so grateful that... Uh, these movies are here, that the mummy exists, that the mummy returns exists, and that we got actually really good mummy movies. So, you know, maybe in the future they'll make another one. They did with Tom Cruise. We will not talk about that one. Actually, I'll say this. I liked that one better than this one. So I would gladly watch the mummy again if it meant never having to watch the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor again. But that, like I said, I'm not trying to, I don't want to bash this all night long. So that's where I'm going to wrap this up. And I have to because I'm looking at the time here and it's it's getting dangerously close to the length of my original Mummy review, which, hey, if I could go back in time, I'd add another 30 minutes to it. But that's where we'll wrap it up. So we made it, like I said, through the sands, through ancient Egypt, through ancient China. We have watched all of the Mummy movies this May, which was perfect. Uh, It's just what I wanted for my birthday month, just what I wanted for the anniversary of The Mummy Returns. So for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 